Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success, where we are exploring concepts and discussing real-life examples, showing that the path isn't linear and the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. So, you know, Scott, one of the things that I think is so important about communication, and you talk about it in your book, is the personality tests that are out there. Mm -hmm. So, now I've taken many of them throughout my career. I'm sure you have (laughs) as well. And um, I don't know that I was always a big believer in those different assessments. Um, You know, like I've taken the the DISC assessment and, uh, you know, a D being a dominant um, personality. And when I took it when I was younger, I was... uh, high D and a high C and almost no I or S. And when I read through the assessment years later, like when I first read through it, I thought this is horrible and I can't believe it says these things about me. Um, <laughs> but when when I read through it later, I was like, wow, this is actually really insightful. And it gave right. me a real, um, uh, it gave me some insight into my own personality that I didn't even realize. Like I would have never realize those things about myself had I not read them. Uh, And then I've done Myers-Briggs and different things of that nature um, throughout the years. And I think they all give you like slightly different perspectives. But at the end of the day, they're pretty spot on on who you are and who you are is who you are. So, but I know that you use these tools, you've used them personally, but I know you also use them um, in your business today. So I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are about that. Uh, I 100% agree with everything you just said and more. I think um, understanding communication is not just about how people talk to each other, but it's how they interact with each other and how to send and receive messages. Yeah. And I think when you're bringing in people in my capacity as chief customer officer at WorldGate, when we bring in new folks that are leading teams or working, you know, within an environment that already exists, it's often very beneficial for us to to assess or uh, look at their DISC profile or their Myers-Briggs and even their emotional, uh, their EQI 360 emotional intelligence, because these all have components of how they relay information, how their preferred style of communication is. And as, and as you, you, you bring that up, one of the things that's always beneficial is for someone to be self-aware first. Right. Yes. And it's funny because I'm a high D as well. Um, there's, there's big surprise. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. <laughs> Leo dominant, uh, high drive, high D. Um, and one of the things that I, I've learned over these things is that being a high D and an extrovert Myers-Briggs can have me talking to think and process Yeah, and expect results in the dialogue. Whereas an introvert can't even hear half the words I'm saying because they're trying to process and they need another minute to take it off deck and go process. And so right. where it becomes really helpful to do these tests is when you're interacting with uh, on a project or with a team of people and you know their style is introvert and yours is extrovert, I might be able to dial it down just a little bit to meet them where yeah. they are. And if they're part of my team and we've shown them or introduced to them their introvert, they may bring it up a notch and suddenly your communication styles level out and they're much more effective. They're less abrasive. They're not as hard. 
That makes a lot of sense. Well, and just for our listeners' sake, um, for those of you who may not know what DISC stands for, um, yeah. D is uh, is dominant. Um, yeah. I is really focuses on the personality side of it. It's the influence. Um, S is steadiness, and C is conscientious. And so, just so uh, just so you kind of have an idea of what those letters stand for. And honestly, I don't think the letters by themselves really capture much of anything. It's the substance behind them, because even in a dominance situation, you can be a dominant introvert. Like for example, myself, um, I'm a dominant introvert. And so, you know, it, the, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have this dominating style of presence as much as right. it is that you maybe have more of a dominating style of communication or how you deal with situations. And so I think that it is really important that when you get into these things that you, you kind of dig below the surface a little 100%. bit and that you are willing to be self-reflective, right? Because these so tests important. don't mean anything unless you are willing to be self-reflective. Self-reflective, they do not put you in a box they introduce no. concepts that allow you to be more effective with people who may take same similar concepts and view them differently. And yeah, therefore the communication absolutely. can be improved. So the, a lot of the cliche around these tests and, oh, no one's going to put me in a box and I'm not dominant. Well, you yes. have to, like you said, go to the next level of context. And remember, you answered questions that helped you unpack your preferred style. Exactly. Yes. And I think that is really important. And I think, you know, and this has been a growth lesson for me, right? And on something that whenever um, there's the opportunity to say, where can you still improve? I always say communication because <laughs> yeah. I most definitely have not mastered it, especially in my personal relationship uh, with my husband. I'm still not, <laughs> communication <laughs> is still not my uh, my strong suit by any means. But in business, what I have, um, what I've really learned is, and especially as you get into more of the management, and, and we'll talk more about this um, in our episode on leadership, but um, it is modifying your style for the people around you. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we have an expectation that everybody should modify or they should modify themselves to accommodate us. Or, you know, and I find yeah. that when I have taken the time to really learn about the people around me and then adapt my style, it's so much more effective because some people react. I'm often surprised at how some people react. But once I learn then I'm like, okay, well, next time I'm yeah. going to take this approach and maybe I'll get a different result. Well, and that's it. It's about preferred style. It's about effective communication. And not only is it less wear and tear on the person you're working with, if you meet or match where they're at or make an attempt to, it's less wear and tear on you to get your points across and relay information. Yes, yes, that is so true. Because it's very frustrating. Um, because communication is frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. It is one mm -hmm. of those things because you do have to learn and adapt. And sometimes you, you know, it's when you just want to say what you're thinking um, versus <laughs> what you should say. And uh, you know, it's really a lesson. And it's actually, I think that it's one of the things, especially for our younger listeners, that um, somewhere along the line, you know, because of perhaps technology, um, I think that the communication. Style, even there has changed drastically, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so um, I remember when I first started using my my BlackBerry, so I'll date myself a little bit, but, um, and even when I text, I text with proper 
English. I text with sentences. Um, I have a hard time with the, you know, uh, BRB or, you know, that sort of stuff. I, and now, but I do recognize that, uh, depending upon who I'm communicating with, they may not bother to read what I'm sending to them. If I'm communicating in a way that, or a style that does not, you know, accommodate them. But on the flip side, I think that this is kind of where the whole generational side of it comes in is that, again, as a younger person, you can't just expect that an older generation is just going to magically adapt their style either to accommodate, you know, how you might like to communicate today. And so it's all about compromise, right? And finding a, finding a path forward together, which we're not always very good at. Well, the awareness of the pitfalls is the key. The awareness yeah. of the pitfalls in style, in uh, generational communication tools, and the continual learning. I mean, there's a constant there's a, there's a constant joking I'm doing with my kids on social media. I talk to my kids more through Instagram direct messaging, right. Instagram <laughs> yes. direct messaging, than I do in the kitchen between meals. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yes. And then, yes. And, and I totally do. And what's funny about that is that I know that I'm already dated in some of the uh, the BRBs and the ways that oh, for they, sure yes i mean I, i'm half the time what what did atm mean because for me that's <laughs> right, a money yes. machine and apparently exactly. it's apparently it's at the moment if oh, someone i wouldn't have known that yeah <laughs> i would have to google that so <laughs> and that just changed over the last like year so who knew yeah yes yeah it's, it is it's constantly changing that is so funny but it's a really valid point and it's important in in business um and in life you know as as far as uh, all of this is concerned and i'm curious like in your past um like what are some examples of bad communication that you've had and maybe some of the steps that you took to to maybe make those corrections? Well, so I think, you know, I mean, uh, first of all, I never had bad communication. I have no idea oh, what you're, you're talking Oh, you're right. About. I'm sorry. That was a presumption on my part. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's not even about bad communication. It's about when was I effective versus when, when I w- wasn't effective. Sure. And, that's and I, a good way. And I think sometimes... Um, you can be effective by doing things that are uh, contradictory to good communication. So just drive home and point that you don't care even. So turning your yeah. back on someone, you know, sometimes that moves into physical. Sometimes that moves into eye contact and body language. Yeah. There's yeah. so many layers of communication that if you're not even trying, that in and of itself is the biggest failure, right? If you yeah. don't have your self-awareness and you're not trying to meet the listener or the person you're relaying information to or getting from, if you're not trying to meet them where they are, that's a huge failure. And that's where the sparks start to fly. So for me, the other thing, and the other thing I'll share with you that is actually timely in this part of the conversation, which I will never forget as long as I live, one of my premier clients and good friends has recently in this sort of day and age of self-improvement and Mm -hmm. leadership and communication, and how can we be better and more effective and pay it forward? She said to me, I never, ever, any anymore consider ill intention in any way that anyone's trying to communicate with me. So when wow. I, right, when I get an email, yeah. they're not, they're not ill intended. When they're yeah. not looking at me, they haven't been trained. If I'm not engaging them, they're not. So she said, it's so much easier for me to start with an idea that I got to find out how to meet them where they are versus their ill intention putting me on guard. 
I mean, if you can live like that, I'm pretty dang impressed. Um, first of all, so I mean, yeah, hats off because yeah, I don't know that I could either. Because even when you think about um, how how self important we make ourselves, I guess sometimes because we'll get mad at the person who um, you know bumped us in the grocery store right. or cut us off on the on the road, and and we make these um, assumptions about that, like somehow that was directed at, at me personally, and right. uh, and of course it had absolutely nothing to do with me, and and you know, Jim, I know my husband, he'll sometimes say, I try to do this, um, where I'll think to myself, maybe they're in a really big hurry. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's an emergency that we don't know about. And that's the reason why that person is, you know, driving the way that they're driving or, or, you know, doing what they've done. And so I, I mean, commend your, your colleague friend who is, who's doing that. I don't know that I could, I don't think that I'm, I'm quite I think there you in do. my journey yet. I actually would argue that it's in a journey for all of us. And, you know, even this morning I was cut off driving. Somebody came out into my lane and I actually watched them do it. And I honked at them when I went by and I immediately went, Ugh, I've done that. You just didn't look yeah. my way. You didn't see my car. And now yeah. I've, and when I saw the driver, it was this old guy with a handicap sticker in his car. And he was clearly not as sharp as he once was. Sure. And I didn't give him a moment's peace as I went around him by honking, which only trajected a negative energy for him. Yeah. Yeah. And and also I kind of regretted the fact that I just take a minute and go, he didn't cut me off. He would have cut anybody off. Exactly. And so I think you, I think you are more aware of that, um, that philosophy than you were giving yourself credit for a second ago, right? It's a, it's a different applying it, like you said, to the way Jim looks at things. It's the yeah. same concept. And we are just older and wiser. And we're in this podcast to try and show people pay attention that the attack isn't always a starting point. It might just be yeah. poor communication. He didn't use his yeah. turn signal. You know, he didn't right. look with his eyes to see if a car was coming. Somebody didn't cut you off in the line at the grocery store, or if they did, maybe there's a crisis that's bigger than yours. Give them a minute, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. I think well, you're and like I that. was, um, I think so. Well, and I last, I was just watching a show last night, and one of the things that, um, they this couple had said is, um, they were talking about, um, their child being angry or upset with them, and the comment that they made was, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't until I hit 50 years old that I, I realized how how unimportant it is to hold on to all of that anger and to like, to, to that, you know, just being, being mad. And when you're younger, you, you do kind of assume that and you hold on to it. And, um, you know, it becomes a thing instead of recognizing it's a moment in time. Like, um, so that happened and now it's over. Am I going to let it ruin the rest of my day? Do I, you know, is it going to change every experience I have going forward? It shouldn't. Um, but you know, I do think that that does come with, um, with maturity over time, you know, you start to learn those lessons, but hopefully, you know, maybe by hearing this sort of stuff, you learn it a little bit earlier and your life's a little better. Well, and that's my intention with getting, getting together about this and and doing this part of the series is it's really important for people to recognize what we're talking about as a choice. And it's a never ending quest for betterment. And the other thing, the science of it all that I'll just dance loosely in because I'm not a scientist, I'm not pedigree in anything, but in the training that I've had, as a leadership coach and the certifications that I've gotten as a leader, we all have what they call an amygdala in our brain. There is a chemical or chemical or an organ or whatever you call this amygdala. You can get into an amygdala hijack and be the victim of types of communication. 
And you can also then make a choice not to be overridden by that and come at things like I was describing. Learn how to communicate better. Come in with the intention that no one's ill-intended. Try and respect that someone else is thinking like that. And it becomes second nature. And you're actually overriding physicality in the amygdala's approach to fight or flight. Again, not a scientist, yeah. just tapping into something that people might want to look into that is a truth. It's kind of like when you're out there running and your body's saying, yeah. stop, but your heart's going, this is the greatest thing that's happened to me. Right. Wh- wh- yeah. Who do you want to listen to? My heart. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, it's a really good point. But I also think that it's important to remember, um, and I say this all the time, words do matter. Uh, and so, yeah. and once you've put words out into the universe, you can't take <laughs> yeah. them back. So, you know, it's like, whether it's written or spoken, once it's been said, you can't, you can't <laughs> take it back. Um, and you, you know, and once a person has interpreted the intention, it's a lot harder to convince them that that wasn't the intention. And so I do try to think about that again, as I've gotten older, um, in thinking about how I word things, you know, if in an email or um, even like in performance reviews, I'm very thoughtful about the words that I choose to to use because people read those and they matter to them and they can interpret that and it can be taken um, in a, in a terrible it's a form, direction. It's you a know? form of communication and yeah, hats yeah. off to you for doing that. Everyone who uh, I think is in a position of leadership or who is interested in the concepts that we're talking about or who have read my book, the words I can't ever take back. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> learn something from that perspective. I think it's really important that uh, what we're talking about here, because it really is the genesis of a lot of good and it can be the genesis of a lot of bad. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. In each episode, Scott and I will share experiences and relationships that have shaped us. To effectively communicate, we must realize that we are all different in the way we perceive the world and use this understanding as a guide to our communications with others. Tony Robbins. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misogatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misogatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes. At the end of each episode, we would like to leave you with a few questions offered to guide you in your personal exploration of how relationships and experiences are building your success. Take time to reflect and write about what arises. Who in your life communicates well? How do you feel about giving or receiving feedback? How would building better communication skills help you in achieving your goals?